You're listening to the awesome Podcast Network. You're sitting all alone and feeling blue. The whole damn world's coming down on you. Good thing there's a new episode of 80s Revisited hitting your airwaves right now for you. This episode, we talk about the John Cusack classic, One Crazy Summer, as well as my thoughts on Alien Covenant, who the hell is Jeremy Piven, and what games we've been playing coming up right now on an all-new 80s Revisited. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now, your host, Trey Harris. <laughs> Saturday night at the corner cafe. Once upon a time, there was a lonely kind of a guy who would resign himself to the fact that love was blind. Now, if love is blind, thought to himself, how will it find me? It honestly seems such a crime. The good news is, if you're blind, you can still listen to podcasts like this one. The latest blast from the past, the latest, greatest episode of 80s Revisited, as usual. I'm your host, Trey Harris. With me, as always, my own producer, Jesse Sedgley. Yes, I am. And it's time for one crazy podcast as we talk about one crazy summer. You can almost call it a sequel of sorts to Better Off Dead, in a sense. Yeah, even though we haven't reviewed that one. Reviewed that one yet, because yeah. this is... We'll talk about that in a second. All right. <laughs> Let's get to the who, what, when we're first. Anyway, uh, One Crazy Summer released August 8th, 1986. You know, supposedly the greatest year ever in the 80s, which we're slowly working our top ten list up to that to see if that is, in fact, true. Because 84 was a hell of a year. I think that was the last one we did. Uh, but IMDb gives it a 6.4. Rotten Tomatoes, 60%. And the audience, 64%. So... Pretty similar there. Uh, no budget info for this one. However, it opened at 3.4 for the week. Uh, that was good enough to give it a number four for the uh, its opening weekend. However, Aliens was number one that week for the fourth week in a row. And mm. speaking of Aliens, we'll talk about that in the Back to the Future segment. Uh, went on domestically to gross uh, another $10 million, making its total 13.4. And I couldn't find any information on worldwide gross or rentals. But nevertheless, it tripled its bu- over, uh, quadrupled its budget, I should say. So it was a success regardless. Uh, directed by Savage Steve Holland, uh, he also <laughs> did Better Off Dead and a lot, a lot of television. And he also wrote this as well, as well as Better Off Dead and not a lot of TV, but some TV. Hmm. Uh, starring for the first, time, well, second time ever, I believe, for the podcast, John Cusack uh, as Hoops. Uh, of course, Con Air, Better Off Dead. As you're gonna hear that Better Off Dead mentioned a lot because a lot of the same people and. Everything appeared in this one as well. Uh, gross Point Blank, Being John Malkovich. Uh, you should know who John Cusack is. I mean, <laughs> you honestly, should. You, every, should. you really should. I mean, and he, he's honestly one of those actors. He's done comedy. He's done drama. He's done horror. He's done pretty much a little bit of everything. Action he's done with Conrad. Dragon Blade. <laughs> oh, I, for, I forgot about that. <laughs> God. Oh, if you man. don't know him from Dragon Blade, yeah, come on. If you don't know him from that, I mean, that was his crown jewel and his acting crown. <laughs> God, that was so bad. Oh, that's like you just ripped the scab off a wound. <laughs> bad that movie All was. right. <laughs> uh, and the lovely Demi Moore as well as Cassandra. Neeson uh, Proposal, Disclosure, Striptease, the Ridley Scott directed G.I. Jane before he sold out and made crappy movies like uh, mm. Alien Covenant. But more on that later again. Uh, also, Joe Murray as George. Uh, he had a role in Mad Men, a TV show, as well as Dharma and Greg. Uh, 
and a veteran of the podcast, Bobcat Goldthwait as Egg. Uh, of course, Police Academy, Scrooged. You know, if you don't know him, you know his voice. Now a director. Really? Mostly. Really? Oh, I'm educating you, I think huh? we... Uh, now that we <laughs> mentioned that... greatest I th- dad. Okay, I think we, we did talk about this when we talked about Police Academy or something. Yeah, Because I do remember, but I never of- went and watched... Greatest. That was a Robin World's Williams greatest. or somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That now, was a good movie. Yeah, I remember. You t- I remember now that you mentioned it, but I never went and watched it. <laughs> yeah, he so. directed a lot of Marin episodes, and apparently Jimmy Kimmel. But yeah, that's earlier. Hmm. I'd say yeah. he didn't really get started known for directing till World's Greatest Dad. Hmm. Gotcha. I need to make a mental note. There you go. To remember that. But yeah, good to know. Uh, Tom Villard was Clay. Uh, he was also in the '90s horror film Popcorn, also the '90s heartbreaking film My Girl. Uh, and the Clint Eastwood 80s film Heartbreak Ridge. Uh, Curtis Armstrong was Akak. You know him as well. You should. Uh, mm-hmm. If you watch 80s movies, Revenge of the Nerds, Risky Business, Better Off Dead. Uh, or American Dad now. Who's he? Who, uh, he plays a little alien guy in okay. American Dad. Because I know he's a new girl, because Autumn watches that every now and then, and oh, I've, really? seen, I've seen him pop up. It's Principal Foster. Or Dr. Mm. Foster. Okay, yeah. I don't know. She watches that. I have no clue. <laughs> I just like looking at Zoe Deschanel every now and then. Every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, John Matsuzak was Stain. He was also in uh, The Goonies, most notably as Sloth and Ice Pirates. Uh, Matt Mulhern was Teddy. Uh, he had a role in Rescue Me and Major Dad as well, so he's mainly resorted to or fell into television for the most part after uh, this film. Mark Metcalf was oh, Aguila. Uh, he was also in Animal House. Uh, one of my favorite Tom Arnold films, The Stupids. Uh, <laughs> Buffy the Vampire yeah. Slayer, he was the master. And also, most notably to me, he was the maestro in Seinfeld. Mm. And also, a uh, quick trivia fact for him, he was also the dad in the We're Not Gonna Take It music video with Twisted Sister. What are you gonna do with your life? That's him. So that's what, if he looks familiar, that's where you've seen him before. And another, another veteran of the podcast with William Hickey. He was Old Man Beckerstead. And most notably, he was uh, one of the dads or whatever in uh, the, one, the smoking one in... Uh, Shit, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh. What are you doing? It's a cat. You know, the. I forget his name in that. Oh, which, right. Which yeah, daddy yeah. was in that, but you've seen him. Sure. He was also one of the, vo- the voice of the evil scientist in uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm. So that's where you've heard him before as well, of, as well as seen him. So, But yeah, one crazy summer. We were briefly talking about this before we started recording, Jesse. This, you mentioned how we, we, talk, we did this one because of, we, you mentioned Better Off Dead a while back. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, you've seen One Crazy Summer. That was like. The one I grew up watching this one a lot. Mm. This was my Better Off Dead to vice versa with you. So you you mentioned that Better Off Dead so much more nostalgic to you yeah. than this I, one. I prefer the snow. <laughs> <laughs> as, as older I get, the more I do as well. But as a kid, uh, actually my f- good friend Jason Orso is the one who's like, dude, have you seen that movie, One Crazy Summer? It's like the funniest movie ever. I'm like, I've never seen it. And thankfully he had it. Like recorded off TV and we watched it and like it was like this is the funniest movie ever oh my god, <laughs> so they ended up watching it numerous times, and all that so that's how it came about in my life mm. at least and Better Off Dead was one of those I'd seen before on like you know again network television right and like you know as a kid as a young kid you're like it's similar you know like censored it, it, and all it feels very uh, the same like these both you you can tell it's the same director same writer. The, it's got. They both have that surrealist humor, you know. With actually, you know, both John somebody, Cusack, yeah, <laughs> and Booger from, yeah. uh, and then uh, what? Somebody else was done it too. Uh, Curtis Armstrong. Oh, that was him. I think somebody else was from it. The uh, the door guy, the mailman from Better Off Dead was in this too. I forget his name. 
But the guy's like, hey, uh, you're not dating that girl anymore, right? Like, oh. yeah, or he, where he gives the he gives his brother the how to pick yeah. up girls yeah. package and like. Uh, I but, think Better Off Dead was filled with so many more jokes. I think, like in terms, of, like it was. I would definitely agree with that because I yeah. literally just watched Better Off Dead again last night because I haven't seen it in years. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, or One Crazy Summer, is more like kind of it's you know it's progressing the story, but it's a little more. It's not so much not, not so much jokey, I guess, but it's more punny and silly, mm-hmm. and re- I think it goes a little much more surreal than Better Off Dead does. Because Better Off Dead, you have you have it set up as dream sequences, like with the hamburgers and right, <clears throat> excuse me, all that kind of stuff. Whereas in this one, it's actually happening. Things are happening, like yeah, slapping them on true. the back, and their faces stick that way. Uh, little girls and that kind of stuff. So it all kind of. I mean, it's just it's different. But uh, Let this be a lesson to future directors, though. If you're going to make movies back to back years, uh, they will be compared, especially if they're so similar. Yeah. You know, 1986, 1985, and his better one, according to IMDb, was 1985, Better Off Dead. Mm-hmm. So you know, always take a step up or make something completely different because yeah. it seems like his career kind of dropped off right after making these two movies. Yeah. Like as far as having. He probably thought, "Oh man, I'm making two big movies, yeah, two uh, a year in a row," and it didn't happen like that. Well, I mean, you know, they always, you always. I'm not in Hollywood, but you always hear you're only. You know, the, the rule in Hollywood is you're only as good as your last right. film or whatever. Blah, blah blah. Well, one crazy summer quadrupled its budget, so hey, that's true. Go to this. Uh, he hey, he can make it. And also some of the trivia, which I, actually I take it back. Not for. Hold on, I'm just scanning to make sure I'm not confusing this and. Okay, yeah. I was reading a trivia for Better Off Dead last night, and he turned that movie in under budget and, un- like, well before they wanted it. Like, so oh, nice. He's an efficient director mm-hmm. in terms of that. And then, I mean, you know, uh, similar films like, you know, Police Academy. Again, less surrealist-type humor, though. More, like, straight comedy, so to speak. And then, uh, like, Naked Gun. Well, Naked Gun's got the surrealism to it. But, uh, you know, so there's, there's plenty of things to do. Yeah. But he... Having seen, recently watched Better Off Dead, like I said, so now, now they're both so fresh in my mind, which they've never been at the same time before. Mm-hmm. You're exactly right. Like he just, which they, I mean, they're still making Fast and the Furious movies. There's, that's I mean, true. That, that is, that's nothing different, but it would seem that he would maybe do something a little different. Yeah. I mean, the following year he went into TV and he made a series that has 90 votes on it. <laughs> 7.6, though. That's but pretty high apparently it got canceled because, I mean, only one season. New Adventures of Bean Baxter. Never heard of it. Exactly. Never and heard of that's it. why, after that, he started doing oh my a lot God, of things. He was an animator of. for Press Your Luck. I didn't notice that. But now like now that I can think of the uh, the whammy. Ah, uh, yeah. I, I can see the, oh, I can right, see the whammy, right. and I see that art style. And exactly. that's how... Because how, uh, both One Crazy Summer and Better Off Dead have the animation interludes. Right. I can see that art style... The whammy art style in his work. That's <laughs> yep, yeah, animated whammy animation. So yeah, yep. make, makes total sense. But uh, that's what you can do. Yeah, this is the one I grew up on, and the 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 thing I always treasured about this movie is just the entire big setup for the whole Godzilla thing. Right. <laughs> just how it just this is our model. You know that did make me laugh. Yes. And uh, you know they said this is our mo- this is what we're gonna do once we get this property and you know this <laughs> bar and all this and they you know it's set up early in the movie and then. Uh, Bobcat Asian shows banker. up. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, it, it, it's 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 like Wayne's World. It seemed inconsequential at the All time. Right. Yeah. 
<laughs> but then it, it all comes back to throwing the cigar in his mouth. And, and, you know, he throws the cigar into the mouth of the Godzilla costume. So, obviously, he's wearing right. the costume. Ah, freaking out. <laughs> so, then the smoke's coming out of the mouth, and he's stepping all over the yeah. it's a, it's It pays off, like, so well. Which, if there's any fans of uh, Arrested Development out there, very first episode of Arrested Development I saw was um, they were building a uh, tiny town <laughs> as an example of a real estate development. And, of course, there's other things going on that lead up to a very similar scene. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Gotcha. Good stuff. <laughs> but this is the movie, like, you know, when I was a kid, you know, obviously I've seen Godzilla movies, like Godzilla 85. Which uh, hasn't been covered yet. Well, that's coming up, and that's a spoiler for Halloween time. Okay, because so, I watched the hell out of that. Really? The oh, one yeah. Raymond Burr? That's one of those VHS tapes I had. Yeah. Yeah, with the Super X. Yeah, with the, with the <laughs> cool cover and like Godzilla full yeah. color. Well, and I, I never had the cover because I had a bootleg. Mm. You know? Oh, well, yeah. yeah. That was one that you rented one time, right, but exactly. watched 50. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, but uh, that's coming up. So if you got any Godzilla fans, which I am, I'm a, I love Godzilla movies. That's part mm-hmm. of like TBS. Again, we always call back to TBS or TNT or USA. Because mm-hmm. back in the day, that was the before Netflix and all this stuff. Again, that was here where we are in Louisiana, and most likely most of America. That was the source for these movies. You know, movies that you know your video video stores couldn't have every movie. Did you mention Jeremy Piven in the intro? I don't care for Jeremy, Jeremy Piven, so oh, okay. I didn't. Well, I mean, he made a name for himself. Well, he did, but uh, yeah, he got his hair back and all yeah. that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch Honor Raj or anything, so uh, okay. I, I, I honestly, I, that's the only somebody thing I, might mention that. That's true. So yeah, Jeremy <laughs> Piven was in it. He's one of the henchmen for uh, Teddy. Yeah, there yeah. you go. There you go. In, uh, He's in Spy Kids. There you go. <laughs> I've never see. I've never seen anything he's been in that I can think. Like I, I can't name you anything what about a PCU with uh, David Spade. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I did see. Uh, well, wait. I don't know. He's in Black Hawk Down. Okay. Well, I've seen that. Obviously, old school. Yeah. I don't know him. Like I couldn't pick right. him out of a line. line. Put, put it to you that way. I couldn't pick him out. I know his name, oh, but wow. I can't pick him out of anything. Yeah. Like you show me three pictures, like a lineup. Like who's Jeremy Piven? Shit. Uh, like, I look, looking at his picture on to be, I don't recognize him. Oh, wow. I don't know him from Adam. It's interesting. That's all. He just never resonated with me. Because <laughs> I did see his name when I was looking at the cast, and like, I got enough people on this list already. Oh, uh, okay. So, if, Jeremy, if you're listening, I apologize. I mean, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a testament to your acting ability, that you're such a chameleon. Oh, I yeah, can't... I noticed this guy, too, Taylor uh, Negrin. I don't know. He's yeah. a comedian. Oh, really? Really funny guy. Died early. Oh, Sad. I know he's in now. Yeah, yeah was, he was one of the gas station people. And he's, he was in a lot of 80s movies. Well, he was the mailman of Better Off Dead. Roles. Oh, that's who you were referring yeah. to. Oh, okay. I didn't know his name when I was looking through the thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's right. He was a mailman. <laughs> yeah, but, he was uh, in a lot of those movies. But he always saying it was like, and back in, when I was a kid, we had two video stores. One I could ride my bike to, and the other one was a little bit too far away to ride a bike across major intersections, blah, blah, blah. But, you know... If the Movieland video didn't have One Crazy Summer, Mom, can we go to Videorama because Movieland doesn't have this movie? Or hmm. you know, so and then like a new release would come out. Like uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a movie I didn't that I didn't come out. I can't think of uh, Jurassic Park, which came out on VHS, and I actually got that was like the first time I remember VHS is coming out the day the movie came out to rent. Because hmm. I remember we went to the, I was like, Mom, we have to go to the mall this this day because Jurassic Park is releasing. I saved up my allowance and bought the VHS and everything for but, ninety dollars. I mean, that was that was that, that, <laughs> that was like was the after. first time it was like twenty four ninety nine or something like that. Instead of yeah, 
you know, not like the VHS, the movie store prices. Right. Uh, you know, so you, sometimes you have to go to a different movie video store. Like, oh, this movie came out this day. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it, no, they already rented it at this one. Let's run over here and try to grab it. You know, it was a game. It was, right. it was a game. And then sometimes... You could run to your red box. Yeah. At, at, every, at every intersection, you know, every Walgreens has a red box. And yeah. I remember when there's only one red box in Denham Springs. Or you and now you could just go online and say, okay, which one has it? Yeah. It's no game. Or you can just go online with certain software and get anything you want right exactly. there. Exactly, yeah. You know, so it's, it's Or you can go to crazy. Amazon and stream it. Yes, of course. Legally. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's not on Amazon, there's plenty. There's iTunes and yeah. all, all sorts of things for your you oh, legally abide, so law-abiding citizens. You to get things now. Yeah, you know, and, and, and that is awesome. I'm not being on, yeah. ornery saying like, oh, back in my day. But, <laughs> you know, it's it's still like, you know, sometimes I miss that. Yeah, in 40 years, people aren't going to be right. man, remember when I streamed? Yeah, it's going to be like, <laughs> beep. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, I'm watching it right now. I just yeah. downloaded the memory of watching it into my subconscious thanks to my Apple brain. Yes, I know the whole story now. Oh, yeah. it was so good. It's like the, it's gonna be like the Matrix. <laughs> hey, did you ever see that old movie One Crazy Summer? Hold on. Beep boop. Yes. That movie was awesome. <laughs> oh my god, it was so great. It's just a memory. <laughs> exactly. Just like that's where it's going. I mean, oh, technology geez. is so exponential. It's just it's crazy. It's like when we're on our you know when we're in our seventies and eighties, it's gonna be crazy to imagine that what's gonna be out. Right. You know. It's just yeah. That's given a, where it is now, who knows? I mean, look back. I mean, again, we're you know I'm 37. You're 35. I mean, look back just 10 years ago. Look back 10 years ago. We didn't have iPhones. Yeah. If I remember correctly, maybe it has been 10 years. I don't remember, but you know, look back 20 years. Maybe. We didn't have the. I mean, we basically just had the internet. Yeah. You know, so and everything that came with that. I mean, 20 years ago, net. Well, maybe not 20 years. 15 years ago, Netflix was only was uh, Netflix was just the mail gonna be like those little kids in back to the future too you have to play with your hands oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, people honestly i guarantee most people don't know this netflix was called netflix because you would go online and select what movies yep. you wanted them to mail to you yep not which ones you wanted to watch That's on right. the net so they're fortunate they have that name though yeah i mean it, it worked out it great worked for out. them it wasn't just mail flicks not blockbuster online <laughs> Cause see, I remember when Netflix came out, like I was on the three DVD at a time thing. Yeah, and like you know, I had it set up. One would come in on a Monday, mm-hmm. I'd watch it at night, send it back to Tuesday, like never ending. Like my queue was like two hundred long. I had to keep refreshing it because it just oh, nice. <laughs> I wasn't just, that hardcore. I had the two DVD. <laughs> well, eventually, you know, you you get to that point where you get burnt out on like I can't watch yeah. a movie every night, or you get back, you get backlogged. Like let me just cancel or bring it down. <laughs> but then, see, Netflix ended up doing a price increase for the, the plan I was on. But then Blockbuster Online just came out with theirs, which was the same price, mm-hmm. but they gave you once a month you can get a free rental oh. in the store. So and that included video games. So it worked out nice. So I just I actually switched from Netflix to Blockbuster Online. You had to be a Blockbuster member, but you can go in and get your monthly free <laughs> rental. So I would always rent a game for a week. Some people don't know what Blockbuster is. Yeah. That, <laughs> no. it, go, when you see those stores with the mattress tag signs, that used to be a Blockbuster. <laughs> that was a movie. That was a torn movie ticket sign. Yep, that's true. A yeah. mattress firm? Yeah. That was a Blockbuster. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> if you see a mattress store, that was at some point a video rental store. That's oh, a, and see that, that like if somebody if I, somebody would have told me this 15 years ago, like whatever. Video, like, how can you not have video stores, movie stores? You can still get uh, stock in Blockbuster. Uh, it only costs one penny. If I, if <laughs> I like had a portfolio, I would buy, I would buy a dollar's worth of stock in Blockbuster. 
<laughs> just to have it, just like. Oh yeah. wait, never mind. It says not zero. publicly traded anymore. It just crashed. <laughs> <laughs> take it, take it. Yeah. Bummer. That's great. And just, I mean, not not that long ago, that was the biggest name. It was in home video. It was nationwide by these guys. Yeah, Nef- well, Netflix. Netflix alone. Like, <laughs> you got the blood of Blockbuster on your hands. <laughs> the Netflix red in is the blood of. Yeah. Blockbuster, pretty we much. We paint it. Wow. That's great. Just looking at their stocks off, Jesus. Yep, $157. Crazy. Hmm. Not bad. If you want to invest, if you're that kind of person, but I'm not. This is the Stock Minute. Yeah, the Stock Minute for 80s Revisited. Here's a hot tip for 1984. <laughs> Buy that stock in Apple. It's yeah. going to crash, but it'll come back. I promise. <laughs> We're like the almanac from Back to the Future 2. <laughs> there you go. Here's your stock tip to tell your past self. But yeah, anyway, one crazy summer. Only. As a kid, like I said, I, I mean, I I watched. This is one I rented and would watch. Would, it would I would watch it, hit rewind, go take a pee, grab some more pretzels or whatever snack, sit back down, hit play again, watch it like immediately again. Uh, watched it a lot. It was one you know you rent it, you watch it at least two or three times, for me, and rent because uh, of course Jason's ended up recording over it with uh, episodes of. Beetlejuice, the animated series, or something like that. So I was like, dude, let me, let me borrow one crazy summer. I haven't seen it in a while. Like, uh, my, I recorded over it by accident, or it was, it was some situation like that. Those or, assholes taped over the game. Right. <laughs> <laughs> to take a quote from basketball. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's, to me, it's still, if you like, if you're a fan of Police Academy, mm-hmm. Naked Gun, Airplane, then you can't go wrong with One Crazy Summer. Or, Spoiler alert for whenever we do better off dead. Same thing. Yeah. Makes a great twofer. Cookie or Cassandra? Mmm. Silence. I've heard, you're talking about in this film? Yeah. Uh, probably Cookie, I think. Interesting. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Because, I mean, Demi Moore is very pretty. She but is. there's something about her that she's, like, not my type. Mm. Like, I agree. She's gorgeous. She's beautiful. Yeah. But she's not exactly my type of woman. You know, I, w- I would actually prefer uh, Monique from uh, Better Off Dead than oh, yeah, either of yeah. them from here. The French scale. I mean, see, Demi's gorgeous. I mean, there's no disputing it, but just not my type. And I- honestly, I-, I think it's her voice. Hey, it's me, Demi Moore. What's up? <laughs> oh, come on. What's happening here? <laughs> Good Demi Moore impression. No, thank you. It's- but I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong. I mean, there's no disputing it. It's just yeah. not my type. There's a lot of beautiful women that aren't people's types, and that's not a disrespect to women at all. Nope. So, yeah. But uh, if you're looking, you know, it's summertime. If you haven't seen it, I would recommend it. Jesse, you saw it. This was the first time you ever saw it when you watched it? I don't think it was. Uh, was it looked familiar while I was watching it, but, you know, I, could, I wouldn't be able to recall that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I may as well say it's the first time, sure. Yeah. So, I mean, but again, better off dead, your Cusack, savage Steve Holland pick. But what have. Revisiting uh, this one in a sense. I mean, what do you think as... Com- yeah, as, as far uh, as Savage, Savage Steve Holland, it's not my John Cusack pick, though. Um, John Cusack, uh, I watched a lot of, like, High Fidelity and stuff. Mm-hmm. High Fidelity's great. Yeah, and the other one that you mentioned earlier. Being John Malkovich? No, 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 the assassin one. Oh, uh, Gross Point Blank. Who uh, Jeremy Piven is also in. <laughs> <laughs> You're a Jeremy Piven fan. <laughs> Piven fan. Just, I just <laughs> remembered that. I was like, who's his friend? Oh, yeah, Jeremy Piven. That's funny. I don't know the backstory. I don't know this stuff. That's why you're here. Yeah. But yeah, um, but, yeah, those two. 
But uh, I mean, <laughs> funny enough, John Cusack and Jeremy Fenner have been on a lot of the same movies. <laughs> Runaway no, Jury, he's also in. I can't, I can't pick him out of a jury. <laughs> I, I couldn't not. pick him out. Like, who's this guy? <laughs> who's the guy that died in like that same kind of group? Mm. See, I thought it was Jeremy Pitt. Like when I saw his name, oh, that's the dude that died. Like, no, there's some other guy. Like he was a out of a group. I don't know. Jeremy Pittman was in a group. <laughs> I mean, that kind of era of actors. There was like, uh, I'm again. I pull weird things out of the gray matter of my brain. Like somewhat. If you know that, send us an somebody email. in the entourage group that like died of a drug overdose or something? He was like, I'm, I don't, I don't know. Again, no. That's who I'm confusing <laughs> with Jeremy. That, this guy that died is who I'm confusing with Jeremy Piven. Oh, I have no idea who you, that You've is. educated me in Jeremy Piven. Like, yes, yeah, so he's in Runaway Jury. <laughs> he's in that other movie we just mentioned. Um, what was the movie we just mentioned? Gross Point Blank. Gross Point Blank, yeah. Oh, Judgment find? Night. There it is. I know he's in Judgment Night. You gotta see. He, he, he's a chameleon. That's his act. That's I a guess. testament to his acting. Like I, I, I don't know. I don't know him. Like, uh, but he's been. In, I'm look, looking at his record. I mean, he's well, been. He's in a okay. Sh- he's nothing to. He's not like. Well, well, find me somebody in this world that's like Jeremy Piven is my favorite actor. <laughs> well, I mean, he's been in a ton of shit, and I can't. I, I, ne- I ne- like. I'm seeing like three movies here that I, I've seen multiple times, and I'm, I didn't know he was in it. Uh, granted, yeah. I mean, but these are this isn't like you know bartender number one. These are like sure. named characters, so speaking roles. So I've seen this guy in a lot of stuff, but he was in the pilot of Seinfeld, or he was in the mo- the episode the, the pilot. pilot. Yeah. Oh, he was the one. Okay, so he was he was a uh, Jerry George. Jerry George. The show was Jerry in on the in in Seinfeld. Their pilot was called Jerry. Hmm. Remember? What was he? Um, but if he was he was playing George yeah, in the pilot, George. he was George in the pilot of Jerry. Oh, geez. In Seinfeld. Well, I don't remember this. I don't remember him. Oh, yeah, I do remember it now. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, he was George, and that's where you could really see his hair going away. And so I then, guess he got hair plugs, or well, yeah, his hair came back. Hmm. I Na- wish that would happen naturally. Me. <laughs> What's your secret, Jimmy Pippen? <laughs> but yeah, uh, lots of money. Anyway, keep it. At, oh well, your, so what's your favorite John Cusack film? If you had to pick, like, which one? When someone says the name John Cusack, what's the first film you think of? I guess that's a bad example. Like, oh yeah, John Cusack. I loved him in. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> We're looking at his IMDb record right now. <laughs> I still gotta go with High Fidelity just because uh, there's a lot of things I liked about that movie. Like, mm-hmm. but it's not something I could watch like over and over again. Yeah, like when somebody asks me the same question, the first thing I always think of is Con Air because he's so <laughs> douchey in that movie. Yeah, with yeah. his little penny loafers and like. But I don't watch it for him. Yeah, nobody. Con- <laughs> if you watch Con Air for John Cusack, you're you're watching it for the wrong reasons. Right. But he's so he's just so awkward and weird. Like, I imagine he's when like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna this is gonna be my character and like, okay. You're in a movie with Nicolas Cage, and we let him do whatever he wants, so yep. <laughs> go ahead, John. Uh, but definitely not his best movie by by far. I like uh, High Fidelity, and then uh, what's the one, the murder one? Identity. Uh, Identity, yeah. He's, I think he's great in that movie. With ter- uh, Vincent Pruitt, uh, what's his name? Oh, it's got like Ray Liotta, I mean, it's got so many people in it. Well, the guy, who, the, uh, the crazy person in it. Uh, I can't think of his he's name. He's from Baton Rouge. Oh, really? Yeah, Vincent T- Pruitt Vince. Pruitt Taylor Vince, that's his name. Huh, did not know that. Yeah, I think I mentioned that before. If you, again, one of those? He, he, I was filming an audition, and he came in, and 
he was the only one was that was like i need some time with the director we all had to leave the room <laughs> for like 10 minutes and then we came back in i played in a movie with john cusack and ray liotta right. <laughs> i need time with the director please he did not get the role which i'm pretty sure i've said that before <laughs> But oh, he's, he's been in a lot, though. Yeah, yeah, he's been in a Constantine, ton of Natural Born Killers. Yeah, he was in Heroes. He played. Didn't watch it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he was. He was. If you know anything LA about Confidential, identity. wow. Simone. Yeah, he's been in a lot of stuff. He's X Files, even. Wow, jeez. Like he was living in Baton Rouge at the time. I filmed that thing, which was probably like six. Oh, years Monster ago. too. Wow, he's got a pretty nice portfolio. Yeah, being a local boy. Yeah, yeah, but he, he had just moved back to L.A., so. Hmm. But, yeah, he's a, uh, he does all right. Yeah. Yeah, he was a pretty big deal in Constantine. Hmm. As far as the character. Learn something new every day. There you go. But uh, rounding up, before we get to the trade one crazy summer, uh, if you haven't seen it, and again, you like Police Academy, Naked Gun, all those kind of, uh, you know, silly comedies in terms of, you know, they don't take themselves seriously, which I th- those are my favorite types of comedies. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, oh yeah, makes a little slapstick in there. Yeah, also, you know, so you get a little bit of Three Stooges influence. You get a yeah. little all sorts of different things. Can't go wrong with this. Uh, and of course, cla- you know, it's classic uh, Cusack, so to speak. His uh, heyday, literally. I mean, he just came off Better Off Dead and did this. So this is as his. This is him. His star rising to the stratosphere at this point. And throwing a little Bobcat Goldwave. And uh, the vi- I, I, actually, I need to Matt Mulhern as the villain in this, as the as Teddy, he's great. Uh, I was really kind of shocked when I look at his history, and he didn't really do much else no. except television, because he was such a good like stereotypical '80s. <laughs> built, like was. he was great, great. George. Oh, and uh, actually, uh, we mentioned Cook, how hot Cookie was, but uh, like he definitely won the uh, hottest girlfriend uh, uh, award for Cookie in this. Yeah, but she didn't really. Stay by his side. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, right. you, you could take the exact plot thread from Better Off Dead, right, and just erase some uh, agi- or, uh, locations and stuff, and you change it from a ski race to a boat race. I mean, there was a lot of like South Park influences in this that I noticed, like at the end, where um, at the end of Basketball, where. Jenny McCarthy's just standing there. <laughs> the same thing with Cookie just standing there. And yeah. the other guy's like, you know. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Let's do it. Except in baseball, they just start making out yeah. instead of saying anything. <laughs> but <laughs> it felt the same. It's like, well, we won the big game. Just well, start mean, making out. Well, it's because Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Yeah, they you know, had they, to watch these. Yeah, I mean, they, it's and not, but the thing is, when they do it, they're not being formulaic. They're, this is like this is how you this is how you right. do this type of film like yeah. they they know it. Speaking of, do you find it odd that Trey Parker's doing a voice in that Despicable Me? He's a kid. Ah, yeah. A lot of people like after they have kids, they start doing these children's things because like I want my kid to like me. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying anything like it's just odd because they they never do, usually done they don't do stuff like that normally. Right. So when like, oh no 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 when I saw yeah. the trailer, like that's Trey Parker's voice. Yeah. And it's like Trey, I'm like. What the, like that's like I wonder. And then I was like, looking in the credits. The like, hell? did he do something else in this? Nope. Nope. Just, just a, voice. a voice. But um, I was watching an interview with somebody, and like, I wish I remembered who it was. But they did a voice in something too, and it's like it's the first time my kid noticed who I am. <laughs> they finally <laughs> respect me. <laughs> well, that's like Shyamalan says he did that Airbender film because his kids loved it, and they said, "Daddy, you got to do the movie." Blah blah blah. I remember who it was. It was Ralph Garman from uh, Hollywood Babylon. Mm. podcast and uh yeah he did a voice in a disney show 
that his kid watches. He's like, and she looked at him a whole different way. And he's like, unfortunately, the, the episode I did won't air for two years. <laughs> and she'll be tired of it by then. She won't, she'll never see it. Yeah. She'll never see it. <laughs> but just the news alone yeah. made her, like, th- that's the first time she noticed that, yeah, I work in this city. <laughs> so funny. Because, like, and you hear that a lot, too, in Hollywood, like, Sometimes it works out cool because, like, Christopher Lee's like, oh, my kids love my children, so I had to do yeah. the Star Wars role. Right. Even though it was the prequels, <laughs> right. he was still good in it, you know? Sure. Yeah, so that's, sometimes it works Dooku. out good. Sometimes yeah. it doesn't. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, if you haven't seen One Crazy Summer, I personally recommend it. Sure. Uh, sure. But a uh, little bit of trivia real quick. Savage Steve Holland did, as we kind of alluded to with the whammy before, did all the animation name, for though. the film. I guess, did he give himself that nickname, or was he like a former wrestler? It's not or? even in quotes. Yeah, it's just like, well, <laughs> like maybe it's his real name. Yeah, that's my name. Who knows? If you know, Savage, if you're out there, let us know. Maybe Steve's in quotes. <laughs> Savage Some people don't, Steve. They don't believe that Steve, Savage is my real name, so people just Call called me Steve. Steve. <laughs> uh, he was upset that Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert roasted his earlier John Cusack film, Better Off Dead, a year earlier in 85. So the two bunnies that get blown up at the end of the movie bear a quite strong and not accidental resemblance to uh, Siskel and Ebert in this one. Well, you want those critics on your side. Yeah. So... <laughs> Bad on you. <laughs> mm. But I doubt they noticed. They might not even have watched this one. <laughs> right, I know. But uh, anyway, and again, according to Savage, Steve Holland, he and Cusack did not get along during filming because what? Cusack was disappointed that Better Off Dead was... Uh, hold on, wait, did I not put in... Oh, it, Better Off Dead didn't get like really good reviews when it came out. And he kind of Cusack kind of blamed Holland for that. But then he worked with him again in this. That's weird. Uh, and again, this is according to Savage, Steve Holland. Sure. Uh, and then after filming this, uh, they he never spoke. They never spoke again. Oh wow! So I don't know. It's really whatever. early in his career. I guess he was taken. You know, in uh, John Cusack's career, yeah. just open to anything. Probably. Well, it's actually, not, early in both of their careers. That's true. When if you look what he did between Better Off Dead and One Crazy Summer, the journey and Addie Gan and Stand by Me, so he was doing something quite different. As opposed to better, like you know, the com- yeah. comedic stuff, better off dead. But then he goes back to it. I mean, actually, he didn't go back to comedy for a while. Oh, I've never seen Tapeheads. I have no clue what that is. Eight Men Out was a drama. We'll say anything, but that was still a romantic comedy. Yeah, you know. So he really didn't go back to comp. Like, actually, jeez, for a long time. Yeah, Chris Point Blank was a comedy. Yeah, but I mean, jeez, that's ten years. But you know, it's it's still it's not a comedy like this or Better no, Off no, Dead no, no, was. No, no. You know, I mean. Yeah, I went to, it's it's, it's an action a black, comedy, black, black comedy. comedy. Yeah, you know, it's... So, actually, I don't think he, he's never done anything Yeah, like as since. far as something, like, with slapstick elements in it. And he was good. He was great, like, I, I think. I mean, I he's, he was a good... Especially at that age. I mean, he's older now, but, I mean, he's... Oh, hot tub oh, time Oh, 2012. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? That was one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. <laughs> But actually, yeah, not not since hot, hot tub, tub, not till 2010, hot tub time machine. Yeah, and even that, I mean, was, yeah. didn't have the slapstick element. Slapsticks which, is over which the is top. Fu- I didn't even think about this until right this moment. But they go to the ski resort. Yeah. In that, so it's it all wraps <laughs> back up to ties back into Better Off Dead. Yeah. So funny how that works. But uh, the name uh, Hoops McCon was taken from a character in the 1980 Steely Dan song "Glamour Profession," which I've never heard. So, but apparently they mentioned somebody named Hoops McCon in it. Hmm. Uh, this film is sometimes described as Better Off Dead Goes to the Beach, which we've made the comparisons ever since we started this episode. Yes. Uh, same director, same star, both have an aspiring cartoonist in them. 
So it's again, it's it's not hard to see. It's almost like this was a, a redo, or again, goes to the beach, mm-hmm. uh, which is typical for '80s films or '80s TV shows. Or everything is always the beach episode or whatever. Uh, Police Academy uh, Five Assignment Miami Beach. Let's get them out of the city <laughs> and onto the sand. Yeah, we got to change up the formula. Somehow. Actually, they didn't change anything except the setting. Right, that's all. The only thing that changes. Like, why are they still in the academy? Yeah, still. <laughs> Shouldn't uh, they be kind of real cops by now? <laughs> Well, and the thing, like, uh, they bring in, like, you know, every, we talked about this, I don't think we talked about this when we did it, or we did, it's been so long ago, but, you know, there were six of them that we covered on the podcast, and each one, like, might add one new recruit, they're all police academy, but it's like, oh, here's a new, here's a new recruit, here's another (laughs) new recruit, (laughs) like, I mean, but these are sequels that were completely mindless and pay him no mind, but. uh, Even the goot couldn't do it. Yep, he couldn't hold it in, (laughs) couldn't hold it together. Uh, when Calamari picks up two women at the dance, the strawberry blonde on the right is actually director Savage, Steve Holland's sister, mm. whose childhood nickname was Squid, and is obviously the basis for the little girl in the, in the movie whose mm. name is Squid. So real life thing there. Uh, score wise, I'd give it a seven. Uh, it's still great, still funny. I'm not gonna watch it as much as I did as a kid because I can now go on YouTube on my phone and watch the Godzilla scene, which is my favorite part. <laughs> right. And uh, cool, I'm good. Not to say there's there's not uh, plenty of other jokes in the film which are fantastic, but this movie always and always to me when I think of it when I see the cover, I just I, the Godzilla scene is iconic to me in this film. It's so funny. Crack. I mean, I was rolling off the couch watching it when uh, you know on her watch. And she's like, "This is so stupid." I'm like, "No, it isn't. It's so funny." I'm not a fan of Bobcat's voice. <laughs> me either. I mean. Yeah, was, it got I mean, him a shit ton of work. Though. It did. Well, well let's be he honest. He doesn't actually talk like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it got him a role that had spawned enough sequels where <laughs> he got a good bit of money. It's funny he did the zipper thing, and there's no zipper on the on the actual thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God, it's so funny. It just makes me laugh. <laughs> just just looking at it, yeah. and then when it's peeking out of the bushes, like right. I mean, Savage Fonny's a great comedic director. Like, I mean, he sets up everything. To where I think that's a that's a that's a big difference when you look at uh, you know Naked Gun David Z- I think David Zucker directed Naked Gun I don't remember but I believe so uh, you know they know how to show a joke to show a gag mm-hmm. I mean just this scene right here I mean, it's it's just so funny again even if if you don't have time to watch this movie if you don't if you hate John Cusack or you hate Jeremy Piven yeah just watch the Godzilla scene from this film it's great if you appreciate Godzilla <laughs> yeah if sure. you're a Godzilla fan. Anyway, it's it's that great comedic thing too, where it's like they put the know, music in too. Just take the hat off, just take the helmet off. Uh, but like, but he's he it does down. Us, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> See, this is great directing. Just yep. like you know, the close-ups of the, just like a Godzilla movie, and then you got the. Oh, but the Asian. far shots sell the comedy. Yeah, exactly. The close-up sells the what you're trying to go for. <laughs> it's even a slightly slow mo as he's crushing the buildings. Yeah, and then I forgot to put his and name. And the Asian guy is just laughing the whole time. Yeah, the Asian guy <laughs> is the uh, the other guy from uh, Back uh, Back to the Future, Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> the uh, the the not uh, Wang obviously, but the uh, I cannot remember his name. I can see his face and his horrible eighties. We'll find out in a moment. Eddie Eddie Lee Eddie Lee that ends up with the other journalist. Yeah, who was in? He was also in Avengers. World Security Council. Mm. What's his name so I can at least give him a shout out? Donald Lee. Sorry I forgot you in the beginning, Donald. Donnie Lee. Donnie Lee. <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty much rounds it up for One Crazy Summer. Bottom line, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. 
as far as an 80s comedy goes. Mm, excuse me. Uh, I'd say it holds up pretty well to me. Uh, Agreed. That's great because you kind of watch it for the first time technically. Yeah. So that says something. Alrighty, let's see. Uh, back to the Future this week. Uh, I forgot to. Uh, I didn't. I, like when I wrote, I'm just looking at what I wrote. I was like, I forgot to put Alien Covenant, which is what I'm talking about first. Yeah, I saw Alien Covenant. Should not have been called Alien, Alien Covenant. Should have been called Prometheus colon Covenant. Ah. Because uh, it is a sequel to Prometheus, hmm. not Alien. Uh, now, full disclosure, I like Prometheus. I didn't love it, but I didn't think it was... I think it was unjustly hated on. Because it, it wasn't Alien Prometheus. It was just Prometheus. This is a story, a prequel in that world. Most people... I was looking online for like the Covenant reviews... Uh, and people were saying, like, oh, I love Prometheus. I didn't know it was an alien movie till the end. Like, okay, well, that's kind of how I went into it, and I ended up liking it, whereas other friends of ours hated it because they thought, it, you know, they were expecting more alien, I guess. Mm-hmm. Now, the exact inverse is true for Alien Covenant for me. Didn't like it at all because it's Alien Covenant. All right. I went in expecting an alien movie, and what you get is a direct sequel to Prometheus. Wow. Which, had it just been called Covenant or not had that moniker and you see the trailer what does the trailer show things busting out of people and aliens jumping on flying yeah. things like it, it's this movie is billed as an alien movie so I went into it expecting an alien movie mm-hmm. no don't if you want if you haven't seen this yet it's not an alien movie it is a direct Prometheus sequel hmm. now when I walked out of the theater I was severely disappointed I hated this film it's like I can't believe like they did this like but thinking you know, thinking back about it, letting it kind of sink in, I, I do want to see it again in the right frame of mind. Because the whole time I'm like, okay, well, how are the aliens? Like, where are the aliens coming in at? Like, what are they doing here? And then it's just like, they show these flashbacks, and, like, and then halfway through it, it's like a two-hour movie. I'm like, okay, and then th- that's when it hit me. Okay, this isn't an alien movie. This is, this, is, this is a direct sequel to Prometheus. But they didn't think anybody was going to come and see it, smartly so. Yeah. Because Prometheus didn't do good at the box office, even though I think in hindsight it's not as bad as people say it is. It does have problems, don't get me wrong. Charlize, why did you run straight under a falling ship instead of to the left or to the right? But, <laughs> I mean, again, Ridley, the, 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 the comment I saw the most online was Ridley Scott has become George Lucas to the Alien franchise. Mm. Stop Ridley and let Neil Blomkamp do what he wanted to do and make Alien 5, disregarding every sequel after Aliens. Unfortunately, that's kind of dead. Yeah. Because Breaks of Ridley Scott. Yeah, ex- exactly. Like, he's like, no, I got this. No, and then like you see like the hold uh, my beer. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine at this at his age, like hold my white wine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and Ridley Scott was at a time my favorite director. I mean, you can't argue Legend, Blade Runner, Alien. You can't argue the man has a fantastic resume Mm -hmm. some of the greatest science fiction and some of the best action films and fantasy films ever made are credited to ridley scott and and covenant looks pretty fantastic set design all that kind of stuff it's it's competently made on every aspect except the story and how it was built it's completely built as an alien movie it is not i can't stress enough this is not an alien film it's the fifth best alien movie Put it to you that way. Hmm. Uh, and I don't. Prometheus is not an alien movie. That's like a side story. Like you don't have to watch Prometheus if you like Alien or Aliens or Alien Three or Alien Four. People are going to watch this 
because of that big alien, you know, alien colon covenant, and be completely confused because most most a lot of people probably didn't see Prometheus because it was called Prometheus. Totally separate story. Talking about and that, and what I liked about Prometheus was it it was more about the bigger picture and building universe building more so than telling a com- cohesive complete story at that time. Because they went into it saying, okay, we're going to have, you know, we plan to make a couple more sequels to expand this. Okay, I understand that. Let's see where you're going. Well, this one, again, it's all about how it's built. If you haven't seen it, you have to understand this is not an alien movie. Don't go see it because you want to see aliens. Mm-hmm. They do show up eventually. Spoiler alert, in the last like 10 minutes. And you're, because you're watching, you're just like, what the hell is happening? And they, they do explain everything for the most part that you're seeing. I'd be in real trouble because uh, I haven't even seen Prometheus. Well, I mean, you don't if if, if you haven't seen Prometheus, you don't need to see, you don't even need to worry about this film, right? Well, I mean, I'll see it. It's on my list. It's just a long list. Well, wait till this <laughs> one. You can watch this one like back to back. Yeah, because you you'll get a this one answers things that Prometheus set up, but it also asks other questions. So it's that's why I need to see Covenant again because in the right frame of mind, not expecting an alien movie, because if I went into it. Knowing it would, this is a sequel to Prometheus, I probably would have come out saying, oh, it was actually pretty decent. I liked it. But, uh, oh, big, second biggest complaint. It's an, you know, it, there are aliens in this film, and they're all CG. There's no practical effects, except for some gore stuff in this film, and that's a, that's a shame. Hmm. Uh, also, I think that the story they, they had, that they initially had planned, that Prometheus set up, was completely disregarded and then certain plot elements in Alien Covenant were done to just, okay, let's get away from Prometheus and get on with the alien aspect of it. Because they set up Elizabeth Shaw and Prometheus as to, find, you know, she wants to find out who made them, blah, 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 and they go, they write her off real quick. As though, mm. again, like, okay, we, we need to start, you know, how do we start over and set up to get to the alien? And I think that hurts the overall story that they originally wanted to do with Prometheus in terms of building this greater universe where aliens exist and predators exist and Terminators exist and Judge Dredd exists. If you read the comics, they're all in the same universe. So, mm. But uh, if, you like, if you like Alien and you like Prometheus, you should see this. But go, again, I can't stress that enough. Go into it not expecting Alien. Go into it expecting Prometheus too. And I think that's a much better frame, better frame of mind to go into this film. At, so, because my expectations were super high, or not, I shouldn't say high. Actually, I take, no, I take it back. They, they were high. Ridley Scott, and, it, and now it's billed as an alien movie. So it must right. be about aliens. <laughs> it gets there. It's 122 minutes long, and it takes you know 100 minutes to get to that point. But it, it does get there. So, but uh, I mean, it beat Guardians of the Galaxy this week at the box office. So it's making money. Yeah, thirty six so, mil in the U.S. Uh, wow, only ninety seven budget. I would have guessed more than that because of the the C, the CG is very good. Yeah, except on the aliens, right? Because they're interacting with humans, and you know that doesn't quite work uh, for an alien movie. And it's not like there's fifty of them. They could they could have done it practical, at, or at least done that practical and enhance with some CG stuff. But it's it's uniformly CG. Hmm. And oh, I will say, Danny McBride, he did good in it. He wasn't, 
Yeah, he had to dig deep in a couple scenes, and hats off. Like he he wasn't just hey, what's up? He he was not Kenny Powers. He was not himself in this film. Although a couple of times I was hoping that he he kind of just would be, I'll be to, killing aliens all goddamn day. Where's my baseball? Where's my baseball? I am pumped. <laughs> the first season of that show was so good. I don't know. Uh, the second one just it wasn't bad, but it went such a direction. I was just like, eh, I didn't even watch the third. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know when it stopped. I think there was only three, as far as I know, but I could be mistaken yeah. because it's like one of those shows that like didn't have a solid ending, I guess. So yeah, so I don't really remember when it ended. But that first season, God, so good. <laughs> but uh, he did he did fantastic in it, and then uh, I mean, Fossbender's awesome. Uh, but yeah, bottom line, if you if you have to go into it with the right. Ex- with the right expectations, and then you'll have a more honest point of view about it. Hmm. Because I don't know. It's it, remember in Episode One, Star Wars, where Qui Gon Jinn goes, "Ah, yes, I'm taking a blood sample because see your midi chlorian count," right. and all of a sudden you're just like your whole world just goes, <laughs> and like you hear nothing. But like what, you just explain the Force as some parasite in our bodies, or, or yeah, that's what this film does. Jeez. It, it it they they try too much to explain where the aliens come from instead of just being aliens. Yeah, which yeah. it's I'm not saying they don't they don't one off it as in a one line in one of the movies in a series like midi chlorians because you hear them that one time and that's like it. They mm-hmm. you know they rightfully like let's just never mention this word again because that's stupid. Right. The force is it's mystical. It's spiritual. Yeah. If you have facts to it, it's not spiritual. It's scientific. Mm-hmm. Jedi knights are mystics. That's another tangent for another time. But this, the ter- <laughs> the terrifying thing about aliens was like it don't matter what they're com- where they come from. They're a fucking infestation. This isn't re- this this is this is dangerous. Like. We don't know. All we know is that it's the perfect predator. It's, it, it reproduces multiple ways, and it's terrifying. Now, the story they set up in Prometheus, to me, was interesting to see how they get to the alien, because they're not just one-offing this creation. They're like, this is, the, this is evolution that you're mm-hmm. seeing. So that's, it's not as bad as midichlorians, but this movie, Covenant, is just, it's, trying to get, it's trying to get from Prometheus to the xenomorph really quickly and there's so much this is one of those movies too where like just like why is again with prometheus where the ship's crashing at the end which looks gorgeous because i just rewatched that the other day to set up for covenant because i haven't seen it in so long and like that's what's like this movie is so pretty but anyway you know and the ship's crashing and you haven't seen it but i mean i'm sure i mean i remember when we talked about on geekly dose we spoiled that so i mean but this ship's falling, and instead of running to the side, you know, the, the women run directly under it. You know, it's, a, it's, a lo- it's the alien ship, so it's falling. And instead of, you know, just go to the left. And the thing is, Ridley Scott shows you the shot. Like, there's not, there, over here. Why, why are you running straight? You know, so it's, and what I'm getting to in Covenant is that it's because people do stupid things. All right. Like, no one would make, like, that is a, such a stupid decision that you're making right now. It is beyond stupid. And that you know that just take that personally. That's a personal pick for me. When somebody does something so ludicrous that it doesn't make sense, it takes you out of the movie. Like, oh, huh, Tommy and Brett are missing. I'm gonna go check that noise I heard in the woods. <laughs> no, Tommy, don't go. It's dangerous. It'll be okay, babe. They're just playing a joke. Yes. 
bro, <laughs> did they not have movies in this world where this movie takes place? You know, it's, nope. just, it's, it's one of those silly things. And some movies are smart about that. But and I would expect I expect better from the pedigree and the people behind this film. So I've drawn on long enough about Covenant, but uh, let's go on. Uh, moving on, uh, Injustice Two came out this week for PlayStation, Xbox, all that stuff. You play video games, uh, of course, made by NetherRealm. It's awesome. It's fun. I love it to death. Uh, it's more of the same, which is a good thing. But they added like some new stuff, you know, so it keeps it fresh, keeps it different. But the one thing that's not changed since Mortal Kombat One is the AI difficulty in a fighting game. It's still n- difficult. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's I sw- you know the the best evidence that I can give you for Skynet's existing is the AI in a Nether Realm Studios fighting game, because uh, I was playing I played through the story and in the in the modern how they do stories Nether Realm does like in Mortal Kombat X and Injustice One et cetera et cetera you know it's story based and you play as specific characters throughout the story so you're playing as different characters. And upon doing that, I was like, "Oh, I really like Black Canary. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, she's gonna be my. I'm gonna start with her as my main when I'm playing people online or the multiverse challenges or stuff like that." So I've gotten decent with her. I've learned her moves. I've got some combos. So I'm going through this multiverse challenge, which is like the combat towers from Mortal Kombat 10, and uh, I get to fighting Cheetah, Wonder Woman's villain, mm-hmm. and she's a speed character. So obviously she's fast, but she her damage. She was she was as fast like the fastest character in the game, and doing as much damage as Superman. <laughs> and but it was to and th- anybody who's played a Mortal Kombat game and been frustrated with it knows exactly what I'm about to like understands what I'm saying. You get to that point where like okay they beat you once okay whatever oh round okay let's do it again. But then you get to the point to where they have one hit left and you have you know seventy five percent of your life bar left and they just go it's like over like. Ultra combo, you know. I mean, it's just they just destroy yeah. you. And I, the only games that make me mad in my age are fighting games. <laughs> and I live in an apartment. And it, it, thank Stay go- away from them. <laughs> thank goodness that we moved into the apartment where we have our living room in the middle and the bedrooms on each side, so there's a buffer. Right. Because I lost my shit <laughs> playing against Cheetah as Black Canary. I, I, I don't, you know, it gets, it gets to that point where you're like, I'm going to beat. I'm not like, I'm not stopping. I'm going. I'm going to beat you. I ha- you know it becomes a personal crusade to beat this character as the one you're playing as because they've you know beaten you but the game does it, 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 it the game is evil like you know you have you have two life bars you don't have rounds like in Mortal Kombat you know it just kind of picks up where it leaves off or they fall down it's like oh second bar and then uh you know so I I will, I will have the best first round first match get her down barely taking a hit and then the bitch just goes crazy <laughs> uh she has like a black canary. One thing I like about her is that she has like a reversal move. So if somebody's coming at you to do a combo, you just roll it forward and triangle or square, and she counters them, and it's like an instant hit. Like wow. Well, Cheetah has the same thing, but I go to throw, and she's a character length away, and she sucks me into her her move reversal. However, I threw. I didn't do an attack. The there's a separate throw reversal. Mm-hmm. She did a move reversal on a throw. Like all the now. This game's been out less than a week. I don't know every single mechanic for Black Canary, so to, to where if I did something wrong, I don't know all of Cheetah's move set. But when you do the tutorial, it's like to escape from a throw. This is what you do, right? You know, so the mechanics are there, unless there's something I'm missing. So again, if if you're an expert with the game, because I've been playing fighting games since you know Genesis, 
in the arcade before Since that. So started. Yeah, pretty much. So I can jump on any fighting game and and be okay. Right. You know, I can put up a fight, and that's just because of years and years of playing. But this, and I mean, I'm I'm flip, I'm screaming, I'm like. I just bought a little fake log, like, pillow. Uh-huh. And, I mean, I, I about ripped the thing. I mean, I was just, like, wow. <laughs> like screaming into it. Again, I've, I haven't been this mad in years at a game because it, it would give you that glint of hope, I, like, literally, one hit left on this girl. Right. As in, and Black the, the only bad thing, the thing that was really hurting me was Black Canary has no projectiles. Well, she has a screen, but it charges. If you look at it on the screen, that little wavelength. Yeah. Like, it's like that. She just did it. We're watching it here. Y'all can't see it. Sorry. <laughs> but that charges over time. That's her only type of projectile mm. she's an enclosed fighter which is one reason i liked her because you know you, could, you stay close you eliminate 90 percent of the characters who do nothing but spam projectiles but this cheetah bitch is just like so fast so strong countering everything i do but i had like 75 percent health she had one single hit left and this bitch did things i've never seen in my life <laughs> in a game like i should i was talking to my friend jason who introduced me to one crazy summer as well same uh, friend because uh, we always we played the first Injustice together. We had fight nights at my house, Fight Club, we called it on Facebook, and me and some other friends would you know pass the control around and play. But anyway, just the cheapest stuff. Like w- again, she's flashing in danger. I just have to touch her, mm-hmm. and I'm you know blocking as best. Like just trying to get that one little pop, pop, pop. She would not let it happen. Counter, counter, counter. My super meter builds over the course of her reducing my life to one hit left. Go to do the super and like, it, it. The screen freezes for a second when you do it, so you see what they're doing. So you kind of know if you're gonna get them or not. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I, I drop the control. I'm like, yes. And then it cuts, and then she's up, standing up. Like when it goes to the next scene, she's up blocking like outside of the range. And I just like <laughs> walked out of the room. But here's the kicker: I switched to Superman. Just, mm. I wanted a projectile. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna play as cheap as I can. First round, nearly beat her. Needless to say, two matches later, kicked her at, like, practically got touched. Yeah. And it's just like, fuck this game. <laughs> the, just, the difficulty. I but, agree. But uh, it's frustrating because, like, you're, you're working for this one goal. And if it doesn't happen, you got to try again. Yeah. You know? But I swear, like, I've, NetherRealm, like, they're, they're a fantastic developer, but so far in Injustice 2, at least. There's just so much imbalance. Like, I don't. If you took the best cheetah character in the world against the best black canary character in the world, I don't think the black canary character could ever beat the cheetah character. Mm. Because black canary is fast, but her attacks do you know small to medium damage ranges. I mean, cheetah. Like I was just watching. She did like a three hit combo, and there went a quarter of my health. I do a five hit combo with environmental interaction. There's like fifteen percent of her health. Because you see it on the top of the life bar that shows you like the damage that you're doing. I'm just watching this girl do like ridiculous amounts of damage to me for half-ass effort or moves. Again, I don't play as that character. I don't know all that character's moves. Mm-hmm. But when when I'm going through a tournament ladder and I see that Cheetah's on it and I'm Black Canary, I make sure just to, I just put the controller down and lose that match, pick a different character, and my heart rate and stress <laughs> oh, level geez. stays at an even keel. But that's my experience, you know, and I pick Black Canary. That's who I play as right now. Although Harley Quinn's pretty badass. I've been playing as her a lot, and she has, like, projectiles and close-up moves, so. But regardless, it's an awesome game that was just, that's AI experience. I mean, I can't hold that against the overall uh, quality of the game because, you know, a fighting game ultimately comes down to playing with friends online and 
the longevity of it, I should say. Are all the uh, big moves the same still? Mm-mm. Like, do they only get one? Oh, they only have one super move. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, that bugged me. I wish they had, like, a variety. I, I mean, honestly, I, I wish that, too. But they did, like, uh, like for example, Harley Quinn. In the first one, she had that silly one where she just, like, throws the cupcake at you. And yeah. really kind of, you know, like, some of them are just like fatalities in Mortal Kombat. Some are lame. But, uh, I mean, but why not? They already have the animations for the first one. Bring that over to the second one. Have two. And then you at least get an option, variety. Or not even, just surprise me each time. That'd oh, be yeah. cool. Um, another thing that's weird is, see, they just, <laughs> when you take someone down, they stand back up and then they fall back down. Yeah. It's like, stay down. <laughs> like Street Fighter did it long, long ago, where when you knock someone down, they didn't get up and then fall back down. It's like such a, oh, little things like that bug me. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I'm not playing. I can't believe this guy at the video we're watching. Four, four hours. hours long you played this game. No, I can't play. That's about how well. long it took me to beat Cheetah. Not really. Not really. I'm exaggerating. It was about an, like an hour and a half, maybe. See, and if I got this game, I'd play it for like two weeks, and that'd be done. Well, see, I already beat the story mode, so I got the story done. The story's, mm-hmm. the, and that was the thing that surprised me in the first Injustice, mm-hmm. how good the story was. Yes, that was. And good. then, I in, played that. and in, well, Mortal Kombat Nine first had it, that's when they kind of introduced that new type of story mode, where like here's the story. It's not like you know you must go through the ladder, Liu Kang, and fight each character, and then a mirror <laughs> match, and then yeah. Goro, and then Shang Tsung, and here's your ending screen. No. Here is a actual story, and you're you're gonna play the fights in it. Right. And then you know, started MK9, Injustice, MK10, or X, however you want to call it. And then this one. So story mode's fantastic. It builds on the first one. Uh, so I've, and I've, I've done the story mode. So now it's just one cool thing they did is it. Well, it's it's both cheap and cool at the same time. You have gear, just like a loot box in Overwatch mm. or stuff like that. Now, the gear does affect your stats. But only not not for like regular versus. No, you can choose to have gear on or off. But like for straight up online matches, your gear yes. doesn't matter. It's just cosmetic. But the cool thing it does is that like oh, if you like uh, Jester style Harley Quinn, like from Batman the Animated Series, mm-hmm. if you unlock all if you unlock all the pieces of your gear, which it's random what you unlock, which does suck. However, they have transmogrification, and uh, uh, like when you play the multiverse, which is like the MKX had the same thing, daily challenges type stuff. You play that, your gear like comes into play. Like, you, oh, you get 2.5 bonus experience for your character or extra gold or all that kind of stuff. So it's more so for the single-player stuff where the gear, or the stats on the gear matter. But the cosmetic aspect of it, that's the really cool part because online you can have your gear, but you can look the way you want. You can pick your shader, all sorts of stuff. So your character will look unique. It's not just... I'm going to play as Batman, but I'm going to play as Dark Knight Returns Batman, and you're playing as Red Sun Wonder Woman. Mm. You actually get to customize your character, again, however, based on the gear that you've happened to unlock, which, to me, that's, that's I like the lottery aspect of it, because who doesn't like opening a pack of magic cards, you know, and yeah. seeing what you get, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I need one more piece for Harley Quinn's Jester outfit, and until I unlock it, I can't get the, the uniform bonus in single player until yeah. I get that one piece of gear. That's the downside of it. Yeah, you should be able to buy singles. Yeah. That's what I like. It's like magic cards. Yeah, and I mean, Overwatch does it good because you have, like, for your skins, mm-hmm. you can buy them with currency. Yeah. But to get currency, you have to buy the loot boxes and then open the loot boxes and either get currency drops or get an item that you already have and then it gives you the currency value. Mm. It's not like you can just go buy currency unless they've changed. I haven't played, I haven't played Overwatch in like. Four months. Mm. So I don't know what if they've introduced where you can actually buy just buy the money to buy whatever skins you want or whatever. So I, I have no Hopefully clue. Hopefully right they now. didn't. Probably not. I'm sure they didn't because they mm. like they like people buying them loot boxes. 
but that's where gaming's headed. I mean, Mass Effect 3's multiplayer was like that, where you had the loot boxes, you know, and it was all random what your drops would be. Yeah. Same thing with uh, Andromeda. Uh, you know, so I just, personally, again, it, it's, it's fun to open them, but at the same time, like, God, I just really want this class, or I really need this weapon, and until I get this random drop, I'm never going to have it. And RN Jesus, you know, it's called online, can be generous, or RN Jesus can forsake you. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, that's about it for Back to the Future for me. Uh, Jesse, you've played anything? Oh, you played. I've been playing uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds on Steam, and it looks amazing. And it looks amazing. If anyone's on there, add me. My name is S E I D U L E, which is my last name. Um, it's a whole lot of fun. <laughs> Just reminds me of like when I first discovered Counter Strike. I get that same feeling. Um, very similar feeling to when we're playing airsoft, like your heart's beating and you just have one life. It's a battle royale, hundred people on this giant island. And uh, if you die, you're out. It's all, I watch Only you one winner. I watched you play for like 10 seconds. Right. And yeah, it like, didn't last too long on that one. <laughs> but immediately, but it, just the idea, we talk about this off the air, but yeah. so you guys can hear and girls, it's, it's incredible. Like, I hope it comes to console. Yeah. Like, it'll I, be a long time. It's still in alpha, but you can still buy it and play it. Um, it's like the number two, sometimes number one game on on Twitch right now, which is great because that simply means that it's getting oh yeah people coverage so to speak. So. It. It's just so much fun. There's so much to do, and you don't feel like in the fighting game you were talking about it frustrating you. And this one, when you die, it's like yeah, well, only one person was going to win anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I could click right there and get right Join. into another game. Yeah, yeah, and that's awesome. Like for that's what made. Uh, like Rainbow Six adversary was so much fun. Like what? Yeah. Because first of all, this is your life. Yeah. You, you know, make good decisions. It's not like Overwatch. I mean, I mean mm. not, but that's a different type of game. It's uh, that's like it's not like Call of Duty. Yeah. Oh, I'm dead. Big deal. They got to kill. Let me go get. Let me. I just need to like. Okay, I know where he is, but I just got to get a kill. Kill, kill, kill. Yeah. Rainbow Six is like check those corners. You know, <laughs> where they at? Where they at? I need info. You're like you know, different. But it, it's that the, there's stakes on the line. Yeah. Uh, not the food, but you know, uh, to where if you die, it's permanent for that match. You're, you're, you know, yeah. if, if you if you make the mistake of going into a room without checking something, <laughs> you'll learn. Yeah, yeah. It's every every game you play, you're learning something, and that's what yeah. I that's severely lacking in a lot of games. And it really scratches the uh, explorer itch too. Mm-hmm. That's why I really like MMOs and stuff, is because you're constantly exploring new lands. And this one, this island, is literally. You know, eight kilometers, eight square kilometers, and uh, I mean, after I sent the message to you yesterday about it, I discovered this underground uh, facility full of like, like a military facility huh. underground. And it's always the same island. It's always the same island. So like, but they are working on other ones too. Interesting. Um, but I mean, the item drops are different. Yes. Like, but they're, the, they're the structures and everything are still like you can go back to that. You know where that facility is, yes. so you could go to it. Right, exactly. Okay, gotcha. But it, th- like that particular facility is not marked on the map because it's underground. Ah. And uh, the way I discovered it was, I was on someone else's Twitch, and there was like, I was like, "Where is this?" Oh, and then <laughs> just. But um, yeah. Depend. But it's public information about what has the most loot. Mm-hmm. Like there is a military base as one of the locations. Well, there's lots of loot at a military base, but yeah. everybody knows that. Of the hundred people that are dropping, probably forty of them are going to that base. Ah, so if you're the kind of player that wants high action, you'd head there. Drop there, yeah. 
if you're the type of player that likes to hide and you know shoot from a distance stuff, go drop off in some farm. You know, you'll or probably find stuff. Drop there. off on the base and just put your scope on the yeah. entrance. Or that's like, Dow! yeah. And there's only two entrances to that military base, and they're on bridges. Some people go camp the bridges. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, but you got to be equipped for it. So it's a fun game. It um, just sounds awesome. Like and just just that idea. Like, why is it taking yeah. this long for a game to do that? If Counter Strike would have done that, oh, it'd be wonderful. Um, they're putting a lot of focus onto um, the how quickly you can die in this game. Mm-hmm. Like if it wasn't Counter Strike, there'd be frustrations in people that die in one shot and stuff like that. You can die in one shot in this game if you don't have armor. Mm-hmm. If you picked up armor, you've earned the right to take on two shots instead of one. Yeah. So um, I really like how early game if you get a gun and you find someone unarmored. You can get them in one shot. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I consistently getting more kills now. Like in the beginning, I had no kills. Didn't know how guns worked, apparently. But now, yeah, like right before you got here, I got like two kills in a game, but then third guy got me. Yeah. But that's okay. That's just way, I mean, that's... <laughs> it doesn't it, frustrate me as much as a fighting game does yeah. sometimes. Like, I mean, when, you, when, you, when I fight Cheetahs, Black Canary, it's the same match. I mean, yeah. nothing's changed except... If it's AI, what bullshit is this AI going to pull on me this round to hold me out of a victory? Right. As opposed to the game you're talking about, you got to hunt. You got nine nine other people thinking differently than you. Yes. So oh, every it's a single big psychology thing too. Every single game is different. You could spawn at the same spot every, or land at the same spot every time, and it would probably never be the same. Nope. And that yeah. that alone to me is amazing. And they're real people too. So when I when I know I'm seen, I'm thinking, okay, what is this guy thinking? Should I walk away, then come back, and maybe he thinks I left? Yeah. Should I stay and just hide and hope that he thinks I left? You know, there's so many things running through your head, and you just got to, it's, you got to outthink everybody. And that's all. See, that, yeah. that's, that is so amazing. Yeah. Do they have stealth kills or anything? Or no. is, you come behind, you just got to, like, punch them a couple of times before they turn around? Um, I mean, if you, there's different melee. Um, Do they have melee weapons? Mach- yes. Okay. That's yeah, cool. there's... <laughs> Someone made a uh, custom server where five people were normal and all the other ones had melee. It was a zombie match, basically. <laughs> Except you're on this one island with five, you know, four other people that are like you. Yeah, so it's left for dead. 95 basically. versus five, yeah. See, that's awesome. <laughs> that is so amazing. And the 95 know? all had just melee weapons trying to find those five people with the weapons. Yeah, but once they're dead, they're dead. Once they're dead, they're yeah, dead. Yeah, so exactly. But there's 95 of them. Yeah, so, I mean, that's. You know, <laughs> I'm I'm a, real let, people. Let, let these guys go in first. And, yep. You know, See, that's, God's what we need. Yep. We need something like that. It's off to a great start. They're not even done. Like, I started following them on Twitter, and they're still doing, like, motion capture for this. Wow. Yeah, they're still adding things to the game. They Like, in a couple of days, they have a new weapon coming out. Cool. And, um, yeah, they just keep adding and adding while it's in alpha. Mm-hmm. So That's how Paragon was. They kept adjusting balance patches and new characters and yeah. all that stuff and i mean it's, you know I could, just like that i mean that's that's a new model for gaming it seems to where like you know we're here you're gonna pay it for it now but we're gonna get yeah. you know as we're developing it you're gonna you're basically play test. you know there's your testing cost you're, you're actually people are paying you to test your games for you yeah yeah you know, for the and most i think part. because of the twitch push yeah um they they're able to charge i don't know if they charged before but um just the concept i mean when you yeah. when you explained to me the concept I was like okay that sounds amazing yeah and then when seeing it in action, like, okay, that looks amazing. <laughs> yeah. Like, just like, like, oh, like I want to play it so bad. I mean, the feeling that I got just like Airsoft is like seeing someone in the distance. They probably see me too. And but it's a human. Both of us knowing we can't make that shot. 
Yeah. <laughs> we we can try to shoot, and there's a chance I could kill you. Yeah. You Probably could. not gonna happen though. You know, if you yeah. know your wind trigonometry and yeah. <laughs> that branch over there. Yeah. But it's great stuff. Try it out. It's Definitely. on Steam, thirty bucks. I'm gonna and uh, in like three days on the twenty fourth, um, Black Desert Online comes out on Steam, which I will give a shot. If they charge ten dollars, I might have to think about if they charge more than that. But if you don't go on Steam, it's ten bucks, so they should keep it that. There you go. Sounds good. We did get an email, however, our good friend uh, UK Lee Lee Bragg in the United Kingdom. Uh, I'm, it's gonna take me some time to read it because for some reason, when I y'all can't see this, obviously, when I printed it out, for some reason, my print settings. See how tiny that that's that's text, Jesse. <laughs> it probably looks like a straight line to you. But uh so yeah, that's tiny. I gotta like look really close to read it. So uh hey guys, sorry I haven't been in touch in a while, but time flies by living like a vampire, working nights and sleeping all day. No problem, my friend. Just glad to hear from you, period. I do that too. Yeah. That's true. Uh, great few shows, by the way. You made me dig Weird Science and Dirty Harry out of my DVD collection and watch them again. Forgot how good they were and how funny Bill Paxton is in Weird Science. That and True Lies are by far my favorite Bill Paxton characters. I agree, but hey, remember, like I said on that episode, if you haven't seen Frailty, check it out. He might, well, I can understand him not being your favorite character because of what happens in that movie. But uh, as terms of performance, it's definitely probably my favorite. Uh, looking forward to listening to the Blue Velvet episode. You have to check out that 1988 Pulse film I was on about, too, if you can find it, as I'm sure it'll be right up your street, uh, which I do have it downloaded, just saving it uh, for you know the right time to put it up and also... Uh, you know, to fit it in, like hopefully a request month or something like that, because uh, Ben Wyatt, our good friend in Tasmania, is still harping on me to watch uh, Hard Ticket to Hawaii, which I really want to watch. Just getting, I want to make an event out of it because it's been hyped up so much, so it's got to live up to that. Uh, then uh, Lee goes on to say, got another wrestling show to go to this Sunday. Last one was great. They started having a hardcore match near us by the bar, and one got thrown into some arcade machines, which got knocked over like dominoes, which was really cool. Take care and all the best, Lee. Thanks again, Lee. Appreciate it. I just hope those arcade machines were meant to do that. Otherwise, what a tragedy. Because <laughs> they can't be easy to replace now. Unless they're... I've seen those arcade machines lately where it's, you can tell it's just a PS4 in a cabinet with the uh, controller on top and just a TV. Yeah, but um, I think it's all about the people standing yeah. together. That's what I, I mean. That's the, the charm of it, I think, still. But, yeah, I still have memories of uh, playing in the arcade. Oh, yeah. Like when Street Fighter 2 came out. There's a mall in Lafayette, big screen, and then like six feet away. Oh yeah, well, the, yeah, but they're like it was a projector almost type, or yeah. you know, I mean, like that size for that period, like just huge, yeah. But yeah, I was owning everybody playing uh, Blanca or Blanca, depends how you say it, until some kid came <laughs> around playing the same character. Did he spam and low punch the whole time? <laughs> no, that's what I was doing. <laughs> that's how I was beating everybody, and he came in there and didn't do that. He was much better than I was. <laughs> yeah, he sent me away. Well, because I was the spammer. <laughs> well, you know the arcade. Sometimes that's what you got to do to survive. Yeah, that's all right. You know. Yeah. I'll never forget. Uh, at a, here locally, it was called Spaceport. First it was at Bon Marche oh, Mall, yeah. which closed down, and then moved to uh, Cortana Mall, which since closed down as well because there's no arcades anymore. That's sad. But I never forget the first time. Like I, I think it was for Mortal Kombat Two, where people were putting their quarters up on the screen. Mm-hmm. And there was, and I was in there. My mom dropped me <laughs> off, so I'm playing. And some dude just walked up put a quarter up, and he walks away. So I lose. So I'm like, hmm, I guess he, I don't know. I guess he's giving me a quarter. Thanks, and, guy. And I, and I played again. He never, but while I was there, he never came back. <laughs> and then after I lost on that quarter, you know, I left. And then so like nobody ever told me. So, but the, I learned it because then when you know we didn't go into the mall on a Saturday or a Friday night, everybody's crowded on Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. 2 and like I'd see the quarters there. And I'd see, you know, people, like, put their quarter up and then grab their quarter and play next. Mm -hmm. 
And then that, at that point, I was like, ah, that dude wasn't just giving me a quarter. <laughs> they should at least put their initial on it. There's no proof that it well, was. Well, that's what they started doing later. They had like the little things on arcade cabinets, like usually right below the move lists mm-hmm. on the cabinet to where it was like the little quarter slots. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, where people, you then put your quarter in the slot to know who's, the people know what it is. But as a kid, I was like, mm, free quarter. <laughs> you know, because I was a kid, you know, like most yeah. people did. I, when, I went, when I ran out of my five bucks or whatever I had, I'd go to every machine, stick my finger in the return slot, and t- yeah. find at least, you know, 50 cents usually. Sometimes, yeah. You know, so, but yeah, arcades, miss them. That's such, you know, nowadays you have your online lobbies, which that's just, <laughs> that's just the future. No video stores, yeah. no arcades. It's okay. It's okay. And that's the way it goes. But yeah, uh, if you want to let us know what you thought of One Crazy Summer or Aliens, or if you're playing either game me or Jesse are playing and want to you know, let us know what you think, 80srevisited at gmail.com, at 80srevisited on Twitter, at Awesome Pods on Facebook, at Awesome Pods on Twitter as well, I think, if you want that one for the general network, awesomepods.com, all that kind of stuff. Uh, shout outs to our good friends far and wide, now versus nostalgia, John and James. Still waiting, John. Come on, man. Need, need, I need some new content. Mm. Uh, I know you were waiting until you were moving, so I'm hoping all that's going well. I haven't talked to you He's lately. To I need to send you a message. <laughs> and, oh, and our Louisiana winter, as in right. that one day in January when it was cold. Yeah. Uh, other than that. And, of course, our good friend uh, Ben, uh, the Tasmanian Devil, Wyatt, with the Asia Mania podcast. We're on the same number of episodes, Ben. Actually, we were before we recorded this one. We're still one ahead of you. Mm. Just barely. Just barely. So as long as you don't do another month and we maintain our schedule, we'll maintain a, a very, very slight lead over you, my friend. But uh, next week we'll be talking about, in preparation for what I'm going to do next weekend, uh, go see U2. We're going to talk about U2's film from the 80s, U2, Rattle and Hum. So it's going to be a very self-indulgent episode of me kissing U2's ass. So if you're a U2 <laughs> fan, you'll like it. If not, well, maybe you learn something or two. Yeah. Or U2. You too will learn something. And about you might actually YouTube. get the, that episode early because I am also going to Dallas, but for different ah, reasons. That's right. How strange how that worked out. So I'm actually going to put that episode. Up. I'm going to upload it on Thursday. Uh, we don't, you know, chip in any money for this podcast, which we could allow us to schedule things. So, so they just yeah. go up when they go up. Yep. So, so that'll probably be on Thursday. Early present for everybody out there. It'll be listed as Sunday. So I don't know what uh, if iTunes will do that, but we'll see. Hmm. Be the first time. We'll find out. So until then, everybody, let's make sure I'm not forgetting anything. Uh, okay, good. Until next week, everybody, I remain Trey Harris. Yes, he said Cowabunga! This show and more on Facebook.com slash AwesomePods. And follow us on Twitter at AwesomePods.